Hello, I'm Jacob Kruger, and this is the Write Your Screenplay Podcast. This week, we're going to be looking at the new limited series, Halston. And what we're really going to be exploring with Halston is how do you write a screenplay? How do you write a limited series? How do you write a story where the main character isn't exactly likable? And if you look at Halston, the Ewan McGregor character, the main character, um, he's basically an assemblage of, of neuroses and self-involvement, right, that we probably shouldn't like. And yet we managed to stay with Halston for five episodes completely involved and connected and in love with his world. So how does that work? How did they pull this off? Why do we care about Halston? Um, there's a famous book called Save the Cat uh, that many of you are probably familiar with. Um, and uh, Save the Cat suggests that if you want your main character to be likable, send a cat up a tree and let the main character heroically save the cat. And then the audience will fall in love with the character because they can see what a lovely person he or she is, right? And of course, you can probably imagine that I think that this is total baloney, right? Um, I think this is total baloney because look at the character we meet in Halston. Uh, we meet a guy who probably wouldn't even condescend to pet the cat if it was anything less than a purebred, right? We meet a character who would probably have screamed at the cat and blamed the cat for his own failings until the cat climbed up the tree to escape. And we have a character who would most likely leave the cat up there and then take credit for whatever the cat's work was, right? We have a character who's so self-involved that he might not even be aware of the cat, right? And we have a character who would likely chop down the tree that the cat was stuck on and land it smack dab in the middle of his own house and then blame the rest of the universe for it, right? We have a character who's hugely egotistical, hugely narcissistic, hugely self-involved, not really saving the cat at all, and yet we love him. And of course, this is also true in life. If you think about your friends, right? Um, everybody's had that person in their life that you're like, wow, they're so nice, right? Wow, they brought me cookies. Wow, they showed up and helped me mow my lawn, right? Wow, they're so nice. And you ask yourself, why don't I really want to hang out with them? And yet on the other hand, you might have another character in your life who is kind of a little bit of a jerk but you kind of get them and you kind of dig their company. And please, I'm not suggesting that a main character needs to be nasty for us to love them. There are plenty of lovely main characters that we fall in love with. Look at uh, the main character in Soul that we discussed a couple podcasts ago, right? He's a beautiful character. He's a sweet, sweet man, right? Look at the main character of Chef. Uh, another wonderful, lovely main character. Look at the main character of Toy Story, right? Why do I keep going to Pixar movies? Because they have sweet main characters. Look at the characters of so many movies and TV shows, and you'll see lovely, lovely, lovely people trying to do the right thing, right? You'll see the Aaron Brockovich characters, right? You'll see the characters who are 
fundamentally good people. Look at every Tom Hanks movie ever made, right? He's, oh, look at Forrest Gump. He's always a good guy, right? So please understand me. I'm not suggesting that your character needs to be a badass tough guy. I'm not suggesting that every character needs to be narcissistic and self-involved. I'm suggesting that we like characters in movies and TV shows for the same reason that we like characters in life. We like characters who are authentic and we like characters who are pursuing the things that they want in specific ways. We can connect the authentic asshole because that character is being authentically him. It's why we connect to Halston. He is so authentically narcissistic, right? He is not hiding anything. It's right there on the surface, right? He is a self-involved jerk who really only cares about his art and his fame. And in fact, if he had to choose between the two of them, he would probably choose his fame, right? We, he's a person who will literally stop at nothing to, to serve his designs. He's a person who will literally stop at nothing to serve his ego, right? Um, and he's authentically him. He shows you his how. And I'm not saying there aren't other layers. I'm not saying he's not a complicated character who has lovely qualities as well, but he's specifically him, right? Um, just like the Liza Minnelli character in Halston is also specifically her. She's a total sweetheart, right? And she's troubled, but she's totally sweet and supportive and kind, right? And we know who she is, right? And we get her and we like her too because she's authentically her right? We connect to characters who show their how, show their specific authentic how, and we connect to characters who pursue what they want, who go for what they want against tremendous obstacles. And what's really interesting in Halston is you can see that that works even if the obstacle is internal, even if the character is creating the obstacle for himself. Because look at Halston's world, right? Halston basically gets everything he could want. He, uh, he designs hats and Jackie Kennedy wears one of his hats and turns him into the ultimate hat designer in the world. And so many other people would be satisfied and delighted. But hats start to go out of fashion and he needs to hold on to his fame. And he gets the opportunity of a lifetime dropped right into his hat, right? He can be part of the Battle of Versailles and any other character in the world would go, oh my God, that's wonderful. I'd love to do that. And he goes, no. And he has to be forced into it, right? He wants he wants money. He needs desperately needs money. And here's this businessman who is desperate to help him, who's chasing him down, saying, Halston, please let me help you. Please let me give you money. Let me ask for very, very, very little, just tiny little things in return. I'm not going to be the corporate raider that you imagine me to be. I'm just going to ask for you to kind of subtly work with me just a little bit. You don't get throw me a bone every once in a while and you can mostly just do what you want. 
And any other character would say, thank you, thank you, thank you. And Halston says, no. This is a character who is built around that no, right? Who foundationally needs to be the one genius in the room. This is a guy who wants love. And guess what happens? He actually finds the man that he loves, right? Who is a very complicated prostitute, but nevertheless a true love for him. And you know what that man wants? And yes, he's problematic. And yes, he gets Halston involved in drugs. And yes, he blackmails Halston. Yes, he does all kinds of horrible things to Halston. But what does he want? He just wants some validation as an artist. And it's the one thing that Halston can't give him. He just wants Halston to say, I love you. And it's the one thing Halston can't give him until it's too late, until that I love you is a goodbye. He's once again, this character going, no, 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 right? So we have a character who's built around no. We have a character who's built around his own ego, built around this need to control, right? This self-destructive need to control. Um, we have a character who doesn't value his friends, who drives anyone who tries to support him away, who ultimately sullies and sells his own name, the thing he's worked so hard to build for what? For, for money, because he didn't want to look at a contract, because he didn't want to compromise and make a deal, right? This is a character who simply cannot meet anyone halfway or three quarters of the way or 99 one hundredth of the way, right? He must have everything his way. And despite all those negative qualities, we connect to him. We connect to his authentic how and we connect to his drive for fame. And we might not respect his drive for fame, right? We might not agree with his drive for fame. We might pity his drive for fame. But we understand his drive for fame. The other thing that allows us to connect him, so we understand what's driving him, fame, right? It's even more important than designs, right? That's why he sells himself to JCPenney. That's why he lets his own work just turn to crap right? Because the fame is more important. He has lost track. And that's why by the end, when he reconnects with Martha Graham and actually just does arts for art's sake again, when he finally says yes, it's so emotional and moving because it reminds you of who he could have been if only he had been able to say yes before instead of no. Um, so we understand what the character wants. We understand what the character actually needs. We understand the obstacle, the internal obstacle, the problem of his no, that need for control. We understand the way he's pushing all these other characters away. And even though almost every action he takes is an action that we ourselves would not agree with or do, we understand where he's coming from. And because of that, we love him. Um, to take this one step further, we also understand how he's changing. 
And there are some very complicated, but also very simple things that the writers are doing to allow you to track that change. Because it's hard to understand the change of a guy who goes, no, 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 right? Me, 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 me. It's hard to understand his change. So there are a couple of simple little tent poles that the writers drop in so that you can track the change. And the first is, it's almost a save the cat moment, but it's a very Halston save the cat moment, right? Um, he has this young assistant who is working for him. And in typical Halston fashion, he is supremely cruel, right? He takes out all of his own stress and all his own feelings of failure on this young assistant and he uh, and the rest of his assistant designers are looking on with horror at his treatment of this poor kid as he drives the poor kid out of the room and uh and he follows him and he finds him in the bathroom shooting up speed and um and he's he's very upset by this and he um, he absolutely will not put up with drugs in his in his boutique right he, he will not be put up with this behavior and it's pretty clear that he's been part of what's been driving this kid to shoot up right the pressure and the horror of working with him uh, have driven that cat up the tree right um, and even at that moment, he's not nice. He's cruel to the kid. But he does agree to take that kid under his wing if that kid will get clean. And that kid doesn't get clean. And eventually he just drops off and Halston barely cares, right? It's not a, oh my God, I'm going to fight for your soul, save the cat moment, right? It's a very Halston moment. Um he's been cruel. His cruelty has had consequences. He has a moment where he almost sees it and tries to help. And then his focus shifts back to himself. But this moment does something really important, which is it allows us to understand that as bad as the egocentrism is, as bad as the narcissism is, it is still about the art and there is something wholesome and pure still inside of Halston at this moment. The next beat of this journey is a beat between Halston and his lover, Victor Hugo, during one of their early paid for sexcapades. Victor Hugo convinces Halston to snort some cocaine. And what we get from there is a sequence where we see more and more and more and more and more cocaine until the drug use becomes so huge that it's it's almost unfathomable the amount of drug use that's happening. And so what ends up happening is we are able to tell ourselves a story about how his life is spinning out of control, even though he keeps on doing the same vignette of no, 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 me, 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 blame, 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 nasty, snarky, nasty, snarky, nasty, snarky, right? No, I don't need you. No, you can all go away. Even though he keeps doing the same vignette, we're watching him go on a journey in relation to his drug use. 
And structurally in each episode, we're watching him go on a journey in relation to his designs, right? From the purity of his art to total sellout. And so even though the character keeps doing the same thing, we're able to track the change in his world. And the change in his world reflects his inner landscape, his inner loss of control, right? His inner loss of focus. There's a wonderful scene um, after he, um, his company has been sold out from under him um, and it's really his own fault. He's pushed the guy who wants to be his kind benefactor to a place where he simply has to treat him as a business investment. And his company has been sold out from under him and he needs to do very little to please the man he's working for now. And he is absolutely refusing to do it. Um, He's refusing to honor his contract. He's refusing to do anything. And a new designer is brought in to bring the lion forth. And there's a wonderful twist on that relationship. We expect it to be uh, nasty, you know, it's my show now kind of scene. And instead we find out that this young designer actually truly admires Halston, actually truly wishes to work for Halston. And we have this one moment where we think that Halston is gonna climb out of all this. We see the two of them working together actually collaborating in a kind way, not in the way that Halston has collaborated in the past. We see this moment of clarity where it seems like Halston might actually change. And this is another thing that I want you to think about as you're structuring your character's journey. Uh, A lot of people think a tragedy is a character who fails to change in the way they need to. Um, But if all that happens is the character keeps on making the wrong choice, it ends up not feeling like a tragedy we end up disconnecting. But if you can show the character the light, if you can push the character through the door, if you can take them, get them to actually take that first step through the door to where they really need to go. And if then they fail, it's truly devastating. And that brings us to the next scene. So we think that, or the next beat, uh, we think that these characters are now gonna collaborate and that that Halston is going to work to get his name back, right? We think that he has found his collaborator finally at this point in his life and is back focused on the work and nope, he's right back in the same cycle, making the same mistakes again. And there's a wonderful scene where that young designer calls him out. How dare you, Halston says to him. And he says, how dare you? How dare you? And I'm gonna butcher this quote, but he's basically saying, how dare you treat your own name and this incredible business you built with so little respect. And it's this incredibly powerful scene of this character speaking the truth to Halston, a truth that Halston can't hear. In fact, Halston doubles down on his mistake just like he always does. And by the time the sequence is over, Halston has sold his own name for all eternity without even knowing what he's doing, without even reading the contract, without even talking to his lawyer, just to make the stress go away. And oddly, as it does in so many shows and on so many lives, making all the wrong choices ends up oddly leading Halston to where he needs to go. 
all the worst things have happened to him. He is dying of AIDS. He has lost his purpose. He has lost his brand. He can't even design a Halston dress anymore. And he finds his way back to one of his few true friends, Martha Graham. And he designs just for the sake of designing. And he finally gets those reviews again that he so badly needs, those reviews that say that he's a genius. And this is what's incredible. Halston doesn't turn into a lovely guy. Halston doesn't turn into a person who doesn't need fame. Halston actually just turns his eyes back to his work and he gets the fame that he needed. It's not a complete change, but it's enough for us to track his journey. Similarly, Halston has gotten off of drugs. He's gotten clean again. He's on a different path. Um, but again, that final path that we find Halston in, and this is not actually true, but it's we're going to talk about it the way it is in the movie, is that he spends the rest of his life traveling back and forth on the Pacific Coast Highway. Uh, for the last 18 months of his life. And, and this is not true. Apparently what actually happened was he spent his life surrounded by his family, um, which we, who we never actually get to meet in the piece. We don't get to meet his, his, his uh, siblings. Um, we don't get to meet the people who love him. It's also up for debate whether he was actually abused. Um, so that's what really happened. But in the script, he spends the rest of his life driving up and down the Pacific Coast Highway. And so this is not a character who finds his community. This is not a character who finds connection. This is not a character who lets go of his need for fame. But this is a character who starts completely absorbed in himself and loses respect for himself and finds his way back to that inner solitude. And so even though, what does the character do? No, 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 no. I don't need you. I don't need you. I don't need you. I don't need you. Even though the character does this through the whole script, with the exception of that, those two little tiny beats, the beat with the uh, other designer where they design together and the beat with Martha Graham where he asks to design her show. With the exception of those two beats, this is what the character basically does. We end up going on a journey with that character where we can feel the characters change. So these are the elements that make a likable main character. Number one, a clear want. Number two, a strong emotional need driving that want. Number three, a clear obstacle, internal and external. Number four, a clear how, a clear specific way that that character is authentically themselves, even if they're authentically inauthentic. And number five, the feeling of choices and change so that we can track their journey, even if it's a tiny little one, that we can track the different stages of their emotional journey in relation to what they want and need in the story. One last thing about Halston. There is a mythology about artists that uh, artists need to be self-involved, right? That artists need to be megalomaniacal. As um, Halston says, uh, uh, 
$200,000 orchids are my process, right? Um, we can easily <laughs> force ourselves to start to believe that, uh, that we need all these things um, to be an artist, that we need this process to be an artist, um, or that we need some formula or some rules to be an artist. Um, but the thing I want to leave you with is what you actually need to be an artist is one very simple thing, which is authenticity. That in the same way that we will fall in love with a character, even a flawed one like Halston, the way that we fall in love with writers and we fall in love with voice is not by following the rules and doing what you're supposed to do. Uh, it doesn't mean that you have to be a narcissist. It doesn't mean you have to be destructive. It, it also doesn't mean that you can't be well-adjusted and kind and have a family and balance all these wonderful things in our lives. But what we connect to is artists who are authentically them, who share their authentic voice on the page, who have both that connection to the muse, right, that Halston is riding, but also have some control over their process. The one thing that Halston really never develops, right? Who can actually say, yes, I can make this work. Yes, I can collaborate. Yes, I can share. Yes, I'm actually only as good as all the people around me. Um, and and that, that's the real journey of being an artist, right? Is learning how to discover your voice and access it, not needing all these accoutrements, right? Learning how to just go inside and access your voice when you want it, but also developing those tools of craft that allow you to share your voice and live a healthy life and connect with your team and be a partner with the people that are important in your life that help you build the incredible things you want to build. And so my wish for all of you is that you build those two parts of yourself in an authentic way, your authentic voice and the craft you need to share that voice and collaborate on that voice with others. And uh, if you'd like to learn more about doing that, you can join us every Thursday night. It's free, uh, Thursday Night Writes. It's a wonderful hour where uh, I and a guest uh, will talk about screenwriting, TV writing, playwriting, comic book writing, uh, novel writing. We'll talk about all different kinds of writing. We'll do writing exercises together with our community. We'll get feedback, we'll share, we'll connect. Um, so come join us. That's writeyourscreenplay.com slash Thursday. <laughs>